Hey sports fans, have you seen Cool Runnings? Well, let's talk about it then. Running fastest, kill our fit. It's futuristic, like Carnac the Magnificent. Rewind your VCR, rewind your cassette. Nintendo pilots, what? Flying up ahead. Captain's love, Charlie Luke, God. Hi, hello, hello. It's I'm me. porn. I'm, it's me, Jason Porn. <laughs> Jason Porn. <laughs> the Porn Ultimatum is a movie I'm in where I shoot a lot of people and have a big old dick. <laughs> and also, also my real name. Uh, fuck, what was his real name? I don't remember. Oh, uh, fuck it, whatever. George Saunders. George. That's Lincoln and the Bardo author, author <laughs> George Saunders. <laughs> it's me, George Saunders. It's me, New York Times bestselling <laughs> author and curmudgeon George Saunders as Jason Porn. <laughs> as Jason Porn. <laughs> oh, man. Porny Jason. <sighs> Mighty Porn Finn Power Rangers. No. A mighty porn fin Power Rangers is a thing. <laughs> is it? Well, no, but I mean, it I should mean, it be, a be a thing. It I, could be a it thing. It might be a thing. I mean, it might be a thing. You know what? I you know what I really like is I'm pretty sure you're like waiting for me to start the show. No, 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 no. Okay, no. okay, no. All right. Hey, David, what did you do for the Oscars? Well. I uh I worked till eight thirty and then I came home and I was like, "What's up?" And my roommate was sitting there and I was like, "Hey, little guy," and he was like, "Hey, did you know Frances McDormand is freaking out?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, it's true." And there she was freaking that, out. That that sure sounds like her. <laughs> sounds like her being married to Cohen Brothers and having oh, kids. Right. Yeah, it's weird. It's cool. It's weird. It's cool, but it's weird. Uh, her speech was great. So what I did for the Oscars was I came home when they were almost finished and I watched the end of it. It was pretty nice. I got to see Guillermo get up there and Guillermo. be a little goblin. I just love that little guy. What a what a little what a sweet little boy. He like is a troll and I love him. Like a, I don't know, he's just so great. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like if there was another Gremlins movie, they would cast him. They'd be like, Don't feed him after midnight and don't get him wet and he'd be like, It's too late. I'm in the water with this fish boy and I'm <laughs> touching his butt. And, and like, also get, eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> get out of there, gear. <laughs> and it's after like, midnight. I love soggy cheeseburgers. Soggy it's after midnight. I'm in the water. All of the things you weren't <laughs> supposed to do with me. Yeah. I am the shape of water. <laughs> it's me, it's Guillermo shaped. Oh Christ. So that's what I did for the Oscars. Yeah. Oh, man. I am the shape of water. Uh. Welcome to Contextual Deviants. My name is Christian Hagen. I am here, as always, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. David Gucci. Yep. Wow. And uh, on this show, as ever, we take a particular piece of pop culture art, in this case, movies, and we dissect them using a series of specifically 
specifically written critical contexts, but we don't pick them out in advance. We draw them at random using our contextual chalice at the ready. Uh, and, uh, and this week, or this month, it's been a while. Uh, there, there was weather disasters and and illness and all sorts of reasons that we, there's yeah. been a long gap. I had a big, big fiasco trying to prepare my gown for the Oscars. It was a mess. So, you know, I'm sure you understand. Right, 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 right. Right, 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 right. It was like a whole week of my life trying to figure out what I was going to wear. Yeah, what'd you settle on? I, I didn't see it. Oh, it was a, just a poncho from Walgreens. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, Good but choice. like cut. Like in oh, half, but down like, the, but like, cut, but like, cut, but like, cut, but like, cut. You ever, you ever look at a poncho and just be like, mm, that poncho is cut. Oh, that poncho works. Oh, that poncho is so fucking cut. Girl, look at that poncho. Look how swole that poncho is. <laughs> Sometimes you can't tell because they're in those little bags. Yeah. So you like, you go to the store and you're like, hey, which one of these ponchos is the most cut? And the employee is like, I don't know. What do you mean? Please leave. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Hear me out, little guy. Little little Walgreens employee, I'm going to tell you a little secret, but I can't tell when they're all scrunched. I got to open every one of them in the store and maybe put some of them back. I don't know. I don't get why they want me to leave. The moral of this story is I used to like shopping at Walgreens. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think I think that's a moral we can all learn from. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully someday all of us will used to like shopping at Walgreens. <laughs> oh, man. Swole Poncho's not a bad band name. No, it could be worse. It's just like a couple <laughs> it's a couple words and you put them together. Like, I don't know. Could be worse. Could be I'm worse. An asshole. <laughs> Swole Poncho. Swole Poncho. Um This week we are discussing uh, a classic film. We're we're digging back further than we've ever dug to this point, which isn't isn't saying much. Uh, but we are discussing the 1993 Disney uh, adventure, the adventure inspired yeah. by a true story dramedy, mm. Cool Runnings. <laughs> uh, I had originally selected this uh, in honor of the Winter Olympics uh, that took place this year. Of course, that was about a month ago that they ended, <laughs> so we're right on time. Hey, I know we're all still feeling a little, uh, we're at least 102, 103 Olympics fever, so we're waiting for that to for, to break. Is that what they say about oh, fevers? I, they I break. See. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, see. We still, we're still sick, man. We want those picks, those Olympics. Jesus Christ. Hey, man. Hey, girl. Hey, send girl. me those Olympics. Send me those picks. Um, you know, it's funny. I send a lot of limp picks, but people seem to get more excited about these hey. winter Olymp picks. Olymp biscuits? Olymp biscuits? Sure. I did it Is all for the thing? metal. I don't know. Oh, hey, there you go. Yeah, why not? Oh, okay. I mean, it's not really that good of no, a joke. No, no, it's I definitely not. It. But, <laughs> but, but you stuck a landing. Yeah. It didn't matter whether it was a good landing, but you stuck it. Thank you, you stabbed it. <laughs> what I was about to say is unimportant what matters is we're discussing the film cool runnings starring True. uh starring among others uh the late great john candy uh and a, a and a cast of characters uh <laughs> just just ripe with with goofballs and and what's it's i don't know <laughs> what's it's i'm 
I, yeah. uh, I'm having a hard time describing this one. This is an interesting movie. Uh, I was reading a bit more about the history of this movie. I don't oh. know how much you you read up on this. Not a lot. I just looked up for the dire- I looked up the director and found out that he also directed National Treasure, which was a yes, fun bit. But other fantastic. than that, I don't know anything about Th- it. I mean, as as bits of trivia go, that's pretty good. <laughs> incredible. Uh, now, so Cool Runnings was initially supposed to be a drama. Uh, a, a true story drama about the 1988 Winter Olympics and the Jamaican bobsled team uh, who competed for the first time for their country in those Olympics. Uh, however, uh, Disney wasn't super psyched about the script uh, and uh, weren't sure that it was going to be able to play. But, you know, who did like the script? One Mr. John Candy. <laughs> Turns out he was a huge fan of it and went to Disney and was like, I will take a pay cut to be in this movie. I will like he he, I think he worked like he worked either minimum like he he gave up a lot of money to work on this movie because he believed in it. Now, of course, the other concessions were they then took most of the true story and threw a lot of it out and then wrote a comedy in its place. But the general idea was still there. Um, and you know, uh, it's, uh, so it's kind of a fascinating case of one person really shepherding a movie that they believe in and then having it be a completely different movie by the <laughs> end, but at least it got, but they're made. still in. Yeah. yeah and, and I mean, as we discussed just before, just before we started recording, uh, mm-hmm. on a $15 million budget and it made $154 million. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the studio has got to be thrilled about that. And John yeah. Candy's probably looking at him being like, see, yeah, I told you from Beyond the Grave, RIP. Right, right. Yeah, this this was the last film released during John Candy's lifetime, starring starring Mr. Candy. That's weird. Yeah, he 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 did not make another. It is it's a it's a sad sad fact. Um, yeah. behind this particular tale, but sad facts. So we are uh, we are going to discuss the movie Cool Runnings. In That's right, we are in <laughs> in a series of randomly chosen contexts. David, how about you start us off? Would you like to draw a context? Would you like to draw a context? Oh no! I know. We're never I ha- doing Frozen. I know. I hate that I just did that. Just now. <laughs> I, I feel. I feel deep shame. I. Uh, I just I also tried have to a cat on my lap. By yeah. The way. What? I don't know how that happened. I don't Congrats. know. Congrats. It's just a cat uh, here. I don't even know you, cat. That's not my cat. I don't know. I'm holding <laughs> it for a friend. Um. All right. Context number one. Yeah. How would this movie be different if it were made? 20 years earlier oh my god or if really old later i don't know if this counts as really old it's 25 years i don't think it counts as really old however however 20 years later would be 2013 and i feel like that would be a little bit easier for us to to approach to to approach rather than 1973 1973 yeah yeah i think you're right yeah i think we're gonna have a much harder time digging even further back plus this movie isn't like i don't know it isn't really lacking in in any sort of technological aspects or it's not super advanced either well okay so let's let's try it for 2013 now now inspirational sports movies by this point have been pretty much par for the course uh another sports yeah. phrase <laughs> yeah um let's try to use as many sports turns of yeah phrase as we yeah can. get strap in everybody i hope you like sports uh you know step up to the plate everybody oh because our good ideas are on deck oh okay <laughs> hey yeah you 
did that. Swing and a miss. No. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, oh, Jesus. We're this is a, we're in a weird space yeah, it's tonight. Okay. All right. Cool. Cricket. Cri- cri- hey. Cricket to you. Um, So, uh, fuck, what was I just about to say? Oh, so, Mm -hmm. sports, inspirational sports films um, and inspirational sports comedies Mm. have been a thing. I feel like the 90s were were definitely a time period for kids' comedy sports movies. Yeah, oh my God. Rookie of the Year, Angels in the Outfield, Space Jam, Air Bud was 1996. Thank you for knowing that. I know. And then Ed... Yeah. With Matt LeBlanc oh, yeah. and a chimp. There were a lot. There were, dare I say, too many. Well, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's movies. fair. But I- even for adults, we had they had a major league, mm-hmm. um, a league remember of the, their own. Remember the Titans? That was early that 2000s. 2000s. Okay. And also that one was less of a comedy. Definitely less of a comedy. That's what I was actually going to say is it kind of oh. transitioned from these very silly sports movies to these sort of like very heavy sports movies. Yeah, you yeah. had like Remember the Titans, We right. Are Marshall, uh-huh. uh, Invincible. Um, oh yeah, yeah, Invincible. That was one. Yep. Um, oh, God, we are I know, I know. So it's like y- you get these, you get these uh, sort of heavier sports movies. Not like super heavy, but you know. They're but, there. But they're playing it straight, and they're really trying to get you. I mean, Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights, started yeah. happening. Varsity Blues was the late 90s, early 2000s, I believe. Um, yeah. yeah. Sports dramas more than sports inspirational comedies. Right. Yeah. And so uh, it's um, in the early 2000s, was all, or the early 2010s, has saw a uh, sort of resurgence of that genre a little bit, but also focusing way more heavily on um, biopics. So you get like, you get like 42 and you get, um, yeah, certainly other examples. (laughs) (laughs) There have to be other examples. Radio. No, (laughs) Right. I mean, but that's a good example for the early 2000s being like, it's an inspirational sports right. movie that's not a comedy. It's not fun. It's not the water boy. <laughs> like, we're not doing that. God, the water boy. We're doing something serious and real. So since this is inspired by the true story of the 1988 Jamaican bobsled team, mm-hmm. how much do you think they would have kept the comedy aspect of it in a 2013 that's a good question. version of this movie? Right. So that's the first question about this context. How funny is it? How funny intentionally is it? Right. In 2013. And I think if do I don't know much about the 1988 Bobsled team, but I guarantee that in a squad movie where there's like four people on a team with a coach, there there's a dynamic where you make one of those people funny. Oh, for sure. Like you just you don't write a blockbuster without making one out of five people funny. Yep. That's just how it works. Probably Shia LaBeouf plays the funny person I'm in, so- 2013. <laughs> in 2013. movie He's about the, a Jamaican he plays the He plays the coach. <laughs> he was really hot in 2013. He's like the youngest coach of any <laughs> team ever. Back in my day. <laughs> back, back in <laughs> I was sledding down. I put weights in the sled because I was too light because I was a fetus. <laughs> oh, my God. That's how Shia LaBeouf sounds. Yeah. No. Charlie LaBeouf is not in this movie, but I was thinking of well, I mean, he that could, sort of Actually, high. he could be one of the like rival teams. That's true. Actually, he would be yeah. pretty good at that. He could probably like lead the American team or yeah. some shit and just yeah. be a dick. Be a goofball dick ass. Be like probably like, racist. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, because there was a, there was lots of that. There was plenty movie. of racism, very toned down. Yeah, from what I can only imagine, the real life oh, version God. was. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah. There's no way that it was that chill. No. There's, there's no <laughs> way. There's no way that the racism was that subtle. Mm-hmm. Let's say that. Mm-hmm. Like, there was probably yeah. a lot more overt stuff going on. And honestly, I think that's. Yeah, if we think about 2013, that's yeah. what we get. Like, the movie is way less funny because it's a movie about a culture trying to break. Mm-hmm. into the public eye in a way that is seen as inappropriate. Yeah. The movie, the story of it is a great microcosm of what it means to remove yourself from the margins and try to insert yourself into normalcy and how that's received by the people that are in power that feel uncomfortable about equality. In like, So I think that's even more consciously a part of the movie than yeah. it is in 2013, I think. And that that sort of pushes away its ability to be a movie that's seen as a funny movie, I think. Right. Unless Spike Lee is involved. Then who's to say? Uh, well, if we're talking like 2010s era Spike mm-hmm. Lee, I, when's the last time I mean, he did a I mean, it makes me uncomfortable, but I bet he would. Uh, his Netflix thing was kind of funny. Okay, well, uh, yeah, I guess that's true. I don't remember what that was called because I didn't see it, but it was um, supposed to be kind of funny. Wasn't it just a She's Gotta Have It? She's Gotta Have It. That's yeah, the one. That was, yep. a, it was mm-hmm. like a TV adaptation of his movie. Yeah. Um, she's Gotta Have It. Um, yeah, that would be interesting. I of mean, course, I, he uh, would uh, definitely uh, be on the list of considered directors, yeah. I would assume. I mean, he probably he could have done it in Maybe. 1993. Yeah, is he the could thing. Have. Um, But I think I think that's a good point. And I think actually um, what, what I find interesting about, because this also brings the discussion of sort of family-friendly movies in the transformation from the early 90s to what those look like now which is like when you have these true story things they don't they they used to be like very they had to be like either really silly or really Mm -hmm. uh emotional eager it was hard to hard to be kind of both yeah and so like cool runnings is a very silly movie that has a couple heartfelt moments and the ending is great um but uh it's uh but mostly it is. A, mostly it's a comedy. It's a, it's a comedy, comedy first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think uh, I'm thinking specifically about the kind of movie that like that like school groups would go see or like youth yeah, groups or whatever. Yeah. And I, I think that there is a, uh, a sort of market for those kinds of movies today um, that would maybe net similar box office totals to what Cool Runnings got, which of course you know with inflation would look less impressive, <laughs> but. Right. But would still have that same sort of um, audience, but it wouldn't necessarily be. What I'm trying to say is, these movies used to be so marketed at kids, and what that looked sure. like then was, "Hey, kids, here's this colorful, zany comedy uh-huh. with all these different people and John Candy's in it." <laughs> and now it would be something like, "Here's an inspirational movie for kids to see, so that they can like aspire to something." Yeah, and I think. Um, which I think is a really fascinating sort of marketing kind of angle to take on this because mm-hmm. like the marketing of kids movies, not kids movies, but family movies, especially yeah, sp- family sports movies mm-hmm. has changed so much in the last 20 uh, years. Yeah. Um, I can't think of a single movie that feels like a, like a nineties comedy sports movie. No, they're, they're a different animal. Like I'm trying to think of, it, Mighty Ducks is very similar to Cool yeah. Runnings in like so many ways because it isn't it isn't a comedy that's like uh like Airplane or 
like the Muppet movies or something like where it's just a shotgun of jokes. Every line is a joke. That's not this movie at all. Cool Runnings is maybe even more than half of the movie is not funny. Fair. Like, I wasn't laughing at much of it, and I didn't feel like I wasn't laughing because the jokes weren't landing, but it was just like, no, this is exposition. Mm -hmm. Like, it's telling a story. It's definitely got a plot that it cares about a lot. It's very character-focused. Yeah, but a lot of the comedy is character-focused, too. I think it really, it nails that. And so there's a part of that that could survive Mm -hmm. in 2013. Definitely. You make it a character-focused comedy because, like, that's, uh, I mean, we love the dramedy. Well, and it's, uh, we're into yes, it. dramedy, I mean, I mean, the fact that dramedy is a term that yeah. pretty much only came up in the last 10 years mm-hmm. is uh, an indication of that. Yeah. I think, I'm specifically thinking of movies like Little Miss Sunshine, like yeah. having that kind of tone where it is definitely sort of a, a, a comedy I- in mm-hmm. some way, but it is like also a family, a familial drama. Mm-hmm. That uh, has a heart. That has a heart. Yep, heart yeah. and a message, and it may be... Um, they would probably make it a little bit more appropriate for kids than Little Miss Sunshine was. Yeah. So I'm yeah, pretty that, sure that was rated R, it wasn't was it? It was R, yeah. 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 So I, I have a feeling they would probably try and dial it back yeah. uh, a bit. Because it's an inspirational sports movie. And a demo, like kids are a great demographic for yeah. inspirational sports movies. So, yeah. Well, and, and you know, I, I know we talk a lot about superhero movies on this, but I think it's uh-huh. just because we're living in an era right now where the superhero movie is basically the Western, which is to say it's like yeah. half of all movies being made that people actually give a <laughs> shit about. And John Wayne is in all of them. Yeah, that's the only other thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I think one thing that the sort of modern resurgence of superheroes has brought about is uh, movies that are very much character first. I mm. think like posters you see for movies now are very much like here's the face of this main character whereas for a a stretch there it was more like here's some logos or here's a symbol or here's like that kind of thing or a landscape or a city or like something yeah or something something like that i think um i think movies are being sold in a way especially family films are being sold in such a way that they can have identifiable characters uh that resonate more than the stories they're necessarily telling. I think The Blind Side yeah. is a big example of this. Yeah. I think I think that movie is actually pretty close to 2013. Yep. So I think maybe if we're looking at movies that try to tell a story that has racial themes, it's like it's a, raci- the a racially side. themed inspirational sports movie. Yeah. yeah. It's got it's got to be like The Blind Side which has massive story problems. Sure. Having seen it, it has yeah all kinds yeah. of issues right uh and its racial dynamics are pretty yeah they're not great appalling but but that's the that's the idea right. that would be the way that this movie was probably marketed maybe with a little bit more fun edge because it's like maybe. a cast of characters that's having fun together yeah and none of them are like being pulled out of poverty or anything like that like they're well just, i mean although maybe they maybe are maybe they are maybe they are but they're, in but they're reality. not I don't oh, know. Yeah, but then, know you, the then you get the sort of white savior narrative. But then 2013, right. 2013 was the era like shortly after The Help and Blindside yep. and movies mm-hmm. like that. Like that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was and a So, a so I, I worry that the coach character would be seen as the, uh, would maybe even say things like, I'm your only shot at this or like, I or you have to go yeah. through me. Or the movie would just make it about that guy yeah and not about the jamaicans that would be the that right. would be the concern yeah, yeah it's actually kind of remarkable thinking about this movie from 1993 where john candy is the biggest named star and yet but it's not about him no it's not about and him good job to who the everyone that made this movie and yeah. wrote the script like 
good job not making it about the white dude that's famous. <laughs> like, good yeah. job. That, that's actually quite remarkable for 1993. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but so I think uh, I think what we're basically getting at is it would probably be a lot more serious than what we've got now in this in its current iteration. Yeah. Um, but I also think it could be more poignant. You know, I think. Oh, yeah. I think it would be intentionally a lot more poignant. Yeah. They'd drive it home. Yeah. I think it would be the kind of movie that, that, you know, families sort of stick with for a long, for like they'll watch it around around the hearth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how people watch movies. They throw right? a DVD in the fireplace. Yeah, and it, and it, and it plays. Yeah. And it plays. That's how fireplaces work. Can, oh, man. Someday we'll wanna, have non-disposable media. I kind of want to live in a, in a fantastical universe where all, there's movies and TVs, but they're only they're like <laughs> like potions you throw into the yeah. fire and then you see the story <laughs> that way. Well, in uh in Hello from the Magic Tavern, the way you watch TV is you slaughter a horse and then for about an hour you can watch TV <laughs> until the magic wears off and then you got to go find another horse. Oh, that's so. uh funny. <laughs> yeah, it's it funny. Is. It's very funny. <laughs> it's very gross. It's nice. It's very dude. funny. So it's kind of like what you want. Yeah. Yeah, close enough. I'll take close it. Close enough. I'll take it. You got a horse? A few, but they're mine. Oh. Sorry, they're um, my prize possession. Sorry, um, I'm sorry. Was that? Was that? What was that? You just did? I'm a horse man. Okay. See? I love them steeds. So you're a centaur? Sure. I'm a horse man. No, I'm a whore. I'm like BoJack Horseman. <laughs> You sound just like him, too. What a different show BoJack Horseman would be with that as his voice instead of... Yeah. Uh, that would be a very yeah, different yeah. show. Voiced by Sam Elliott, like, yeah. I'm, I'm BoJack Horseman. It's good yeah. to see you. I think that would be boring. Okay. Uh, so yeah. It, it could still be scored by Hans Zimmer. Is Definitely. The thing. would be still. <laughs> mm-hmm. By the way, uh, anyone listening to this who wasn't aware of the fact or missed that in the opening credits or any at any <laughs> point in your childhood... Yeah, Hans Zimmer Hans. scored uh, Cool Runnings. And you know the score's okay. It's fine. It's a movie. Hey, hey, you know what? It sounds like a movie from it's, the 90s. It sure it does sound like, like a movie from the 90s. That's that Hans Zimmer sound. And that's all you can really ask for Yeah, from oh, a movie not, from the 90s. That's maybe true. <laughs> Is that it sounds like that. <laughs> hey, it sounds like it's a current film. <laughs> um, What if it was like way ahead of its time? Like <laughs> <laughs> Like, what if the score from The Dark Knight was over this fucking movie? <laughs> Incredibly experimental score, but otherwise hyper, right. hyper typical movie. Like, you ever seen that that clip uh, of sort of like behind the scenes of him making the music for that movie? And like, no. he's got like a saw blade of and course. like a he's like rubbing it against a guitar yeah. and like that's how he's getting but some that's of those like what's happening discordant in the, in sounds. Like the end scene of Cool Runnings, <laughs> yeah. really that's, hard to watch. Well, it, that thing where it constantly goes up in pitch yep. is when they're yep. going down it's on the my thing. Favorite scene. Yeah, it, could, it would certainly add some tension. It sure would. Fucking Hans Zimmer. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anybody else that you really want to see in this movie? Anybody else that I really want to see in general? Um. I mean, it depends what kind of budget we're thinking this movie's yeah. going to have. Because, I mean, Philip Seymour Hoffman's going to get some bank because he had a couple yeah, Oscars. Um, What's the dude's name that was in uh, Equilibrium? Oh, Jaiman Hansu? Was that Jaiman no, Hansu? No, it wasn't. 
It's been I, I uh, actually never saw the entirety of Equilibrium because I got 15 minutes into it and I was like, nah. Yeah, it's not. It's Ty D- Tay Diggs. Tay Diggs. Yeah, that dude is in yeah, this movie. Tay Maybe Diggs. as Yul Brenner. Maybe. Yeah, like, yeah, he, yeah. He would, but like he was. He's still like on the radar. Well, we also like, got to think of someone who's more like age appropriate. I oh, who was the true. main kid in Dope? Oh, oh yeah. He would have been too young in 2013. Though. Yeah, he would have been little. <sighs> but he would be perfect. Uh, Donald Glover. <laughs> hey, 2013, Donald 2013, Glover could Donald totally Glover. be in this. And yeah, would be good in it. Yeah. It maybe could be his first sort of big cinematic role that really puts him in, puts him out of the Imon community. Would that have been before or after Mystery Team? After. Okay. Right? I don't remember what year Mystery Team came out. Mm-hmm. Let's find out. Um, but yeah, he would be yeah, he'd be a perfect choice. Um two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. All right. Wow. I did not realize it was that old. He was little. Oh man. So he's four years post mystery team watch and that he gets movie to again. be in Cool Runnings Two. Yeah. The it's the first movie again. <laughs> cool Runnings Two. Forget that the first one happened. This is the movie again. That's the <laughs> subtitle. <laughs> cool Runnings twenty forty nine. Cool Runner. Why did I not think that, of that joke until I said it, that and could then be a thing. it didn't even? Oh man! Ooh. Ooh, get Ryan Gosling in there. Get him in there. Get the Rargosh. Hi, I am Ryan Gosling. <laughs> oh, what a, that was more. That was too energetic. Hi, take it down. I'm Ryan Gosling. There you go. Yeah. Some unnecessary pauses and just no inflection. Just don't even do it. And then his face just quivers enough that you're like, oh, there's some shit acting. That dude dude is the best at (laughs) close-up acting. Like, his facial expressions are so fucking subtle. It's like fucking kabuki theater watching his face. That's why he gets cast in the roles where all he does is twitch a little bit. Yeah, and he he has very minimal dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's back to cool <laughs> runnings. You know what? I, but I think I think we've spent a lot of time on this. But let, yeah. let's just let's just sort of wrap but it, it up. It was actually a really good way to sort of summarize how the movie feels and is. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was a nice little nice little way to introduce some of our feelings about the movie. Without right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think for its time, it, it definitely is a very '90s movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I think um, I think the story holds up well enough in a oh, modern yeah. context. And it's, I mean, it's it's got a lot going for it. It's a sport that not a lot of people watch or are aware of the intricacies mm. of it or the behind the scenes of it. So that's novel. Yep, it's, it's, a, it's a novel sport. Like imagining that there was no cool runnings before this. Right. There's like, no bobsledding movie. It's it's like, yeah, exactly. It's a very novel uh, sport. It's um, a country that doesn't really get much uh, attention on the world stage. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and it has sort of it has racial and class overtones there's yeah. a there's a lot there's a lot that i think could play really well in a modern adaptation of that story absolutely yeah, yeah. okay well uh i think i think it's time to move on to context number 2 let's roll yeah let's do it let's run feel the rhythm feel the rhyme hey it's Context two time. <laughs> hey, hey, let's go. That was hey, the end of that, right? Hey, we're we're gonna go now. Yeah, because hey was in the middle of that. Yep. <laughs> feel the rhythm. I know. It's, I know. Hey, it's, I know it's going. It's on. time for bobsleds. <laughs> you gotta be shitting me. All right, I'm. What is it? This isn't rigged. I swear to God. I believe you. Hey, 
Hey. How about race? Okay, yep. <laughs> right. We started oh, we talking go. about it. Let's do it. All right, let's get into it. Uh, first of all, movie made by a white person. Yep. John Candy really liked it. Also a white person. Yep. Pushed for it being in existence, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, mm-hmm. Scored by Hans Zimmer. Yep. I was, you know, structurally, I hadn't seen this movie since I was like 13, 14. I hadn't seen it, it since it, I was it's like been a long time. five. Maybe even younger because I thought, I remember. So here's the, here's a fun little anecdote to to like illustrate just how immature I was. I quoted Sanka's line, how about I draw a line down the middle of your head so it looks like a butt so much because I thought it was so fucking funny. <laughs> like that joke got me in such a way. I rewound that tape over and over just to <laughs> hear him say that because I thought it was the greatest. And when it came through this time when I was like, oh yeah, here comes that line. I was just like, it kind of scared me how it's an okay joke, <laughs> but like I just remember how much I dug it. I was just so just into questioning it. Questioning so much about your childhood. Yeah, I was like, yeah. what was wrong with me? But I was just a kid. I was a little guy. So like when I first saw this movie, I was not thinking about how it could or could not be problematic. I was just thinking like a fun right. movie that has jokes in it. Uh, well, well, let's just real quick. Yeah. I'm sorry, you you finish your thought. Yeah, that thought being. I was a little worried because I was like, yeah, most of the producers in Hollywood are white still, but especially in the mid 90s, you know, it's probably made by a bunch of white people and stars some black people. and That's cool. But I wonder how representational this is going to be and all of that now that I'm a person that's thought about those things. And, you know, it actually was pretty good. Yeah. Like that's that's my opening thought is. It is a movie about being an outsider and an underdog, either because of your race or because you cheated at sports or because you're mean or whatever the case is, or because your dad thinks you're bad at stuff or like everybody in the movie is sort of under it or marginalized for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. And it's a movie that like takes that head on and actually deals with it pretty well. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, keeping with the positives, I think for a movie, we already said for a movie from 1993 from the Disney Corporation to have four yeah. black lead actors and to make money doing yeah. it is remarkable. Yeah. You know, I think I think it was a time period where that sort of thing was not a given in any way. Uh, and so I think I think it's I think it's impressive that they managed to. Uh, to stick with the fact that it's like not only is it a story about these four characters, it's like this, it's them basically telling their story, right? <clears throat> and 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 John Candy's sort of incidental to their ability to have that story be told. Yeah, um, he's like the vehicle for them to get right where they need to go. Now, now we need to s- discuss a couple other things about it. Yeah, uh, f- none of the leads are Jamaican, right? That which is like just disappointing yeah i mean i i do think it's got i think it's a problem and i think yeah i mean it may not be the world's biggest problem i don't know i think part of it is that they also uh none of them really knew how to do a jamaican accent when they started filming um and you can tell that some of them just don't have it you know um and and so it it seems a little disrespectful. Yeah. Uh. Well, I mean, it seems pretty. No, disrespectful. it's it's straight up disrespectful. Yeah. Do we do we have any idea how many of the people that were shown as uh, side characters slash villagers from like 
Teresa's place? Like, do we? Yeah. No, do we I, know I, how many of them are Jamaican? Or I don't. I okay. don't. It does. It does make me think. I'll, I'll say this: it's not quite as frustrating as Doctor Strange. Sure. In in that right. there there are people of color in the lead roles more than like more than two of them. Yeah. And um, right. While they are not from the country they are representing, mm-hmm. they are at least characters of that country. You know, right. it's kind of like in Doctor Strange, they go to they go to uh, Kathmandu, and they go to Hong Kong, and they <laughs> and like the people from those places aren't characters are, in the movie. Yeah, like yeah. none of the ca- like v- almost none of the characters from the movie are mm-hmm. like from the places where they are spending right. the movie. No, that's actually a good distinction. At least in this one, it's like the characters are ostensibly from Jamaica, so it's like we're hearing yeah. a Jamaican story about Jamaican characters right. rather than a story is set true. in Jamaica by a bunch of American mm-hmm. characters, you know? Right, right. And the the foreign aspect of it, the exotic aspect of it, is when they go to America and experience all of this hostility. Oh, it's actually Canada they go. Or it's to. Canada. Sorry, yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah the the, the, they, the fish out of water is right. actually it's it's it's, it's not, not the white person in Jamaica. It's yes. the Jamaicans going to Canada and being like, oh, these people hate us, or like it's just weird here, or you yeah, know, all of their different reactions. Although they do they do seem to spend a fair amount of time on how uh, weird and uh, poverty stricken parts of Jamaica are. Uh, the pushcart yeah. race seems yeah. a little. Uh, I yeah I don't I just don't know how to feel about that right because like, a lot of it does sort of ring uh, and you know it sets off the flags of appropriation right I mean because it's made by white people mm-hmm. and because they cast people that weren't actually Jamaican it's a probably too nuanced a point for me as a white dude who like does not study sociology or anthropology to be like this is or is not appropriation based on the fact that they are casting people that are underrepresented like I don't know how that dynamic works right. and how it's clearly not the greatest and clearly a little bit offensive to have people that aren't Jamaican do Jamaican accents like right. no matter what right that that that's definitely <laughs> problematic but I think you're right I think I think it's it's one of those it's more nuanced than than I was expecting it to be yeah it's a conversation yeah. that yeah I think we're not maybe the best qualified people right. to talk I'm, about that. I'm not gonna even try to solve whether or not that is an issue whether the casting of Jama- of non-Jamaicans right as Jamaicans but still casting people of color was a good call or a bad call or anything like that. I just I, yeah that yep, seems yep, like yep, yep. not where I'm at and I uh, so as a result of that though I think discounting that conversation which isn't to say that that conversation should yeah. be discounted but discounting yeah. our ability yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to rule on that conversation <laughs> I feel like would be inappropriate no, that seems silly but I think of of the relationship between the white characters and the black characters I think the movie does a better job than I was certainly oh, yeah. expecting by yeah. a by a wide mm-hmm. margin. Absolutely, I, I had low expectations for how they were going to handle things, um, yeah. and the, the fact that it is um, fairly fairly even handed. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone. I'm trying to think of a situation in the movie where the white characters would get some sort of deferential treatment that isn't called out. Right, and that's the cool thing about the movie is that that does happen with the teams and with uniforms and, oh, no, we're going to you know up the time or when they say, like, oh, actually, the qualifying oh, time yeah, now yeah. is this because they're like, 
very clearly gerrymandering them out of qualification or they're mm-hmm. trying to. Yeah. They're like, Jamaica won't be able to make this, but everybody else will because we don't want Jamaica to be here, says everybody in the movie. Uh, and then they do it anyway. Ha ha ha. But there are a lot of moments like that where and, and the movie is crit- critical of that. The, yeah. John Candy is. Uh, he has a whole speech movie. about it. Yeah. His his big tirade is about that. And I think it's really cool. Yeah. Like that the there is every now and then there's a scene where where John Candy is relied on where Irv we we've said his name now Irv the character's name is Irv uh, <laughs> is sort of relied on to make a connection or to be the one that smooths something over or right but but, but they, they're never the, riding him. He's right. barely getting by, and he's getting just as much hate as they are. Right. They're the ones that actually make the things happen well, and, and do the, the good job. The way they play it, which is, I think, important in the distinction of the film, is not that he's white so he has access, but it's that he yeah. used to do that thing and yeah. knows all these people already mm-hmm. Right. Um, that he's able to get access. And, right. and so I think, I think that makes it a little bit easier. I do think that there is probably something weird about the fact that the reason that they go to him in the first place is that he had originally gone to Jamaica to find sprinters for a bobsled team (laughs) and you gotta wonder like huh why did he go to Jamaica to find sprinters Mm -hmm. for a bobsled team yeah and there's something there that I'm not super right psyched to get into (laughs) I mean yeah Uh, who knows who knows right I'd like to think that my heart says, if I can fill in that blank, it's that he had already tried a lot of other people and they all thought he was stupid. And he was like, well, Jamaica doesn't even know what bobsledding is, so I might as well just go there be- and convince them to do this fun new thing. <laughs> like, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Oh, but yeah, you're right. That That is a little weird. I, I do feel weird having this conversation and then ending it on, hey, you know what? The white people did okay in this movie. <laughs> They weren't as racist as yeah, as, yeah. as they could have Which been. Which is, it's like saying, like, "Oh, hey, a man did a chore around the house. Oh clap, 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 clap." Yes. Like, no, no, no. It's not about the baseline. It's about like advocacy. And you know, I'm not sure that this movie did an amazing job of. Uh, it's really hard to say. Yeah. Because it's what I what I'm trying to figure out right now. I'm trying to balance these things. There's, there is the argument for. It's an underdog story in general, but it's specifically a racial underdog story because a lot of the ant- uh, antagonistic actions taken by people around them is because it's other. It's like the Olympics versus the other that's attempting to become a part of the Olympics and they want to continue to keep it in the margins. And so there's a triumph there. There's a representation of a country and a community and uh, and everybody sort of rallying around that, not just the Jamaicans. Like it's like the a lot of the people that are announcing and people in the crowds are like, yeah, let's like cheer for these underdogs because we see them and like we want we want them to do good and at least they're here and yeah, they carried the thing across the finish line. But on the other hand, there's there's a part of me that thinks that some of the Jamaican culture is probably being trivialized. Right. And they're sort of being this, uh, this like fun, kooky. Uh, yeah. Look, look at the way they talk and the way they sing. Isn't yeah. that a fun joke? Which is like not really okay. Right. 
no i think i think you're right on that i think yeah i think in turning it into like a very fictionalized comedy they open themselves up more to questions of well why did you represent them this way right you know it's like oh if they had like really hewn to a true story and it turned mm-hmm. out that that's just how the people involved in the story were then sure it's like all right fine how do you know that because that's a weird amount of knowledge to have about how people behave but right fine but i think because they are so heavily fictionalized that means that they wrote and directed them to behave in a certain way that would elicit a response in the audience of oh here yeah it's like a look how silly this culture Mm -hmm. might be yeah Yeah. i think i think that's that's it edges up to that in i mean it's not anywhere near a minstrel show or something like that like very clearly respects its characters a lot more than that but like, but it does have those moments it's got those moments yeah especially sanka like, oh yeah i mean that character is like hey americans do you think jamaicans are funny because like, now there he is being funny and yeah. what a goofball if only the jamaicans could take the olympics seriously which comes up in the movie and they address it internally and it's kind of fun yeah uh, like it's those things about the movie that make me think that it's not all terrible. Right. That it doesn't just completely fail on this front. Because Doris is really obsessed with being like, he is essentially arguing for assimilation. He's like, no, no, no. We need to be like Finland. Right? It's Finland? Iceland? Whatever the best team is. Switzerland? The Swiss. He always talks about the Swiss. And he starts dressing in red. and like He's all about the Swiss. Actually, that's a really good point. The Swiss do this thing. The Swiss do this. They count down like this. And they ad- they adopt the Einstein Drein thing, and then they're like, no, no, we can't, we can't be them. We have to be us, because that's what got us here in the first place. That's what's actually better for the world in general. And that is a really profound moment in the movie where they were like, no, 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 no. we don't need to become white. Essentially, is what yeah. they're saying. We need to stay Jamaican, and we need to do what we do. And see if that's good enough, because I bet it is. And sure that's enough, true. it is. It, it, from a story perspective, yeah, I think you're yeah. right. I think that is a really good point, and I think they did that remarkably well. For yeah, again, for its time and for the fact that it's a Disney comedy, a Disney kids comedy, yeah. yeah. Um, and also the fact that the leads aren't Jamaican, but they still yeah. like, yeah, that does make that that undercuts that point a bit. But if yeah. we're just taking like, say, you didn't know that. Say you didn't know yeah. the the nationality of okay, the sure, actors involved sure. in the film, mm-hmm. within within the fiction, that is a good right. story point, mm-hmm. yeah, and I is. think that that is culturally and socially significant. Yeah, it's super relevant too. Yeah, because that's a problem for any marginalized culture. Absolutely. Like, how much do we become like the colonizer or the oppressor? Yeah, and the answer is usually too much. Too much. Yeah. <laughs> but the right answer is probably. Don't do that. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well said, sir. Nailed it. Oh, man. Yeah, you know what? I say this movie did better on race than I was expecting. It has some yeah. problems, but yeah. I think, I think, wow. I was about <laughs> to say, but I think overall pretty good, and I feel so yeah, fucking weird yeah. doing that. I would say based on my expectations of how I was going to feel about this, right. like if this context had come up, if I if you had asked me, hey, 
what if the race one comes up before I had seen Cool Runnings? I'd be like, well, that'll be a pretty negative conversation. But yeah. then after I saw it, I was like, well, it'll be a, like a five out of ten conversation, which is a like eight out of ten when we take into my expectate when we take into account my expectations. Right. But in reality, it's not that great at it. No. But it doesn't totally offend. Right. In and a it, way that's and like it does flagrant. have some positive social messages yes. that are yes. fairly advanced for the conversation of race in a kids' movie. True. So, so I think, uh, yeah, I think overall some positives, some negatives, but uh, at least it deals with it. At least it, it addresses it. it. And not all of the, I mean, I, I say I, I will trash Sanka's character as being like a sort of a clown. Uh, but like even he has a lot of serious moments and the cast of like the four Jamaicans is actually uh, like they're pretty diverse in the way that they act. Yeah. Which is to their credit. They did not just make them like and here's the group of Jamaicans and then there's John Candy and then there's this other white person. Well, it's kind of, it harkens so. back to the conversation we had in the last episode about Harry Potter, about the, the gay agenda and how mm-hmm. diversity within mm-hmm. the culture yep. is as important Huge. as diversity oh between cultures. Yeah, and I think Cool Runnings gets a lot of points for diversity within culture. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Yeah, I think they did a great job of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what? Oh, I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this one to come up since the show started. Wow. So fucking excited. What is it? Time to start a religion. Ugh. Conceive a religion based on this movie. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, my God. Okay, so. The Church of Cool Runnings. No. Oh. Well, maybe. maybe. Yeah, sure. Let's call it the Church of Cool Runnings. So when you walk into the Church of Cool Runnings, mm-hmm. uh, all the priests obviously are, or the, the holy people of this religion are wearing the Jamaican bobsled uniforms. Uh, that's clear. Uh-huh. Um, I think instead of you know, like holy water at the door, like so I'm thinking a, a kind of a Catholic vibe, Okay. at least at the beginning, and we can alter it and it will get weird probably. <laughs> but let's yes. assume we're starting with, I'm taking Catholicism for some reason because they have a lot of relics and a lot of artifacts. A lot, and, and a lot of rituals. Yeah, 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 and that's always good. Uh, and I know it, so, you know, I'm using it. I don't right. know a lot of, like, pagan religions, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to use things I don't know. Uh, you walk in, and the house, there's sometimes, like, holy water that you splash on yourself or drink or, like, pee in. I don't know what Catholics do. <laughs> there's a little holy water there. Instead of that, the lucky egg. Oh, Sitting the lucky right egg! And you kiss it. Like, it's... It's all it's there for us. Dude, it's the lucky the egg is like the lucky such, egg is there. Uh, and it's the symbol of like you come in, kiss that egg, and then you go do whatever you do in the religion. Oh, the lucky egg is such yeah. a perfect pull. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. The lucky egg is super important. It's like yeah. their version of the rosary beads. Yeah, no, it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. It's like doing the rosary. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm sh- I'm sure that one of the prayers is feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. Yep. Et cetera, et cetera. Yep, Whatever yep, you yep. want to come after that. That's one of the prayers that happens in this religion. Um, I believe they would have uh baptisms, which is uh <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. purifying your soul by forcing you to go down a slip bob sledding and slide. <laughs> slip and slide oh you know what that's right it's Beca- yeah. like the big mega churches have bob sledding yeah. <laughs> have bob sled yeah. courses yeah. but like for for but like a house church like a community <laughs> church would probably have a slip and slide just yeah. a slip and slide but you get into like it's the sliding it's the, the sliding, sliding is the important that's important thing. yeah it's being born again like out of the womb we yeah okay yeah um, yeah sure <laughs> sure uh, they take uh, they take uh, donations uh, by standing uh, standing and singing that song about right. Jamaica having mm-hmm. a bobsled yep. team. Yep, that's their sort of street evangelism. Yep, 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 yep,
let's see uh well they have to they yeah they evangelize by taking their religion on the road so i think missionary Mm. trips would be important Mm -hmm. yeah and specifically going to places with other major religions already in (laughs) place and like trying to sort of like wedge themselves in there right um it's also possible that uh that part of the religion could be uh, I I kind of I kind of like this idea actually for a real religion. Okay, is taking the the Rob Bells and the uh, Martin Luthers of the religious world and bringing them in as experts, like the ones that get cast out by their denomination, the Irvs. You take oh. the one who's who bobsledding said no, not you. And then the ch- the Church of Cool Running says yes, you oh. come into our church, and we'll all be this big weird melting pot of all of these castoffs from religions yes. and make our own because we're not afraid to do what it takes. Yes, 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 yes. The Church of Cool Runnings <laughs> is for outsiders. It yeah. is for misfits. Mm-hmm. It is yep. for castouts. Yep. Yes, yes, one hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at that point, it's kind of like the early Christian yeah. church. <laughs> you know, of, it yeah. is. Because oh, it's kind of on the road, you don't really yeah. have a, you don't really have a base of operations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the four apostles, um, and the four apostles, yeah, and Jesus Candy, and Jesus Candy. <laughs> Wasn't that the name of? No, never mind. I was thinking of the Jesus and Mary Chain album, oh. Psycho Candy. Um, <laughs> the words are there. Yeah, the words. Hey, the words are there. The words. Are there. And actually, the words are the beginning and the end. If you just cut out everything in the middle, you get Jesus Candy, yeah, Alpha and the Omega. Yeah, religion. Really? Yes. <laughs> Jesus. 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 <laughs> That's a tough one. It's a dumb one is what it is. Um, oh, man. The Church of Cool Running sounds pretty good so far. Yeah. I mean, even that sounds great. I'm pretty into right. it. Um, let's see. Do you think it's something that is more Unitarian in the way that you just sort of like go once or twice a month, but you don't really like practice outside of the religion? Mm. Or is it something that like takes over your very life? Because huh, I get that I get question. kind of more of a like you go and it's a way of life, but they don't maybe even believe in a god. They m- just yeah. believe in this movie being good yeah. and and rituals. Well, yeah, uh, like the, the, the egg has sort of a karmic vibe to it, like a right. like a like a yeah good and bad kind of energy kind of thing. Right. And you're getting the good and energy from that yep. egg. Yep. Yep. Um, I also think um, I also think there's probably a lot of uh, motivational speaking components, like ooh. Like maybe there's like oh. a ritual wherein you have to look in a mirror yes. and like yes. and pump yep. yourself up. Yep. Uh and maybe you personalize it with like whatever whatever right, whatever you're going through. Or maybe somebody else has to give you stuff I think, to say. I about think yourself. that's the one. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the role of a pastor or an elder or something in the yes. religion. Yes. They are the Yule Brenner to your junior. And they <laughs> give that's who the, the, the church leaders, that's their yep. main function yep. is to give you the the chant yeah. that you need to to center yourself or whatever. It'll like scientists yeah that it's very tailored to every specific person and you get like an action plan for like how you're gonna make your life better but it's very practical and it does not cost money and and it also does not give you any superpowers unfortunately you don't unlock any superpowers unlock yeah that is kind of the way they structure it is it's like it's like a pokemon evolution system Mm -hmm. (laughs) you get to a certain level uh, and you learn like new moves like you learned psychic power (laughs) Um, <laughs> it is amazing. God, Scientology. How do people do it? I don't know. I mean, they don't. But oh, that's yeah. <laughs> that's the main. That's the main thing. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I like. I like that. I think if 
maybe we can borrow another Catholic image and say that like you actually go into confessional booths, but instead of you, you don't it's like see a mirror, it, but it's a mirror. Yeah. You oh, don't sit there yeah. in darkness. You sit there with another person and you look at the mirror and you're like, you say things to yourself. That's, and actually, that's the assignment that's that you dope. get when you like go back to your house is like every day you wake up, you kiss an egg and you say these things into the mirror that are like positive self-talk about yeah. yourself. And then you go out into the world and you feel good and you can take on your dad. It's kind of like, you know, you say you're Hail Marys, but it's like, no, yeah. you're saying you're like, hey, yous or you, whatever yeah, the hell it saying, is. Hey, I'm a, uh, what, a tough ass mother that won't take shit it won't from take no one. Shit from no what, is, one. what is it? Uh, is it you, tough ass? No, I don't think he bad says tough ass. ass. A bad, a bad mof, a bad, a bad mother. mother. A bad mother who won't take nothing from nobody. Yeah, I don't remember how many because there's like Crap. one or two swears, but there's like but a, it's not there's like, at least a swear. But yeah, yeah, I don't remember. But you say something like that, something affirmative. Uh-huh. Honestly, yeah. honestly, this sounds like a <laughs> great church. Cool. I'm yeah. pretty on board because it's this. mostly just like, hey, be good to yourself and come here and hang out with us every now and yeah. then with a bunch of other outsiders. But you do have to worship an egg. But is you the thing. do have to kiss this egg. You have to. You everyone kisses the egg. You can have your own egg and that's fine. It's not like uh, transubstantiation where there's like actually I only one. I don't know though. I wonder if there <laughs> is only one egg per one? church. Oh, no, per church. But I mean like there isn't one that was like, this is the egg we found in Jesus's grave. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not like that. Okay. But but I do think that there's only one egg that the whole congregation kisses for yes. years and years. And see, and see <laughs> the, the, the only... <laughs> The thing is, is that it can't be the the one main thing is that it can't be like um, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. They do have to get right. vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, they have to. It's like it, it's all medicine is required. Right. It's right. like there's there's no rather than suppressing medicine, you yeah. literally have it's to. One of the tenants. It's oh. one of the tenants is you have to like. Uh. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we don't have a communal egg. Maybe that yeah. <laughs> maybe that one gets gets changed by the Cool Runnings Pope it's probably uh, yeah. in like in a thousand years or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I like that idea because it essentially it both borrows from the movie, borrows mm-hmm. explicit scenes from the movie that yes. are funny, yeah. but also it it uh, exemplifies the ethos of the movie, mm-hmm. which is be yourself and be strong and stand up for what you believe in. Yeah, and like surround yourself with good people and oh maybe there's like a maybe there's like a like a like a penance sort of thing where you have to carry like something heavy with a group Ooh, of people yeah like uh that can be like the meditative thing like if you're going through a hard time and you need like some focus yeah you carry a, you go on yeah. a portage trip to the boundary waters and everybody carries the canoe from wa- from lake oh, to lake man. and it's just like the movie just like the movie <laughs> That that thing that they did in Cool Runnings, yeah. taking a canoe from lake <laughs> to lake, <laughs> it would have been good practice. Hey, it would for have for carrying the bobsled, which is not something that's that important. So yeah, and it. actually, probably not something that they would have expected no. to do because no, they were in Canada, though. Th- th- there are a lot of hey, lakes in Canada. That's all. There were in Canada. <laughs> they were in Canada. <laughs> they were in. You Canada, know what they though. say about Canada? What do they say about Canada? When David? you're in it, you're in it. Hey, you know what? They do say that. <laughs> and by they, I mean you just now. Uh, they. I am that. You are they. <laughs> um, I. I mean, do you have any? Do you have anything else you want to throw in that pot? Oh man, so far. Anything I else mean, in the religious stew? I'm trying to think of anything that would. Do be they weird. have a book? Do they have a scripture? That besides, I mean, is it the movie? Like, uh, do they watch the movie? Do they read the script for this movie? It's a good question. 
do they have like a code a couple well okay here's here's a question yeah do they do they have like an athletics sort of no. bent to them like the olympics are like a holy event for mm. the church of ooh, ooh, uh, I like cool that. <laughs> that they like it's their mecca like every yeah four the years, olympic the winter go, olympics the winter are olympics. their mecca they go wherever it is they they go that's their holy pilgrimage is you go to the winter yes. olympics hell yeah or at least you pray towards them right you face where the winter olympics were if yeah. it if they are ha- or they're like happening now or like where they will be yeah, in the next four years, it's like, well, it looks like they're going to be in Beijing, so I got. And you know, maybe, maybe they, maybe they actually position themselves as the official religion of bobsledding, so that like bobsled teams will like flock to this church for luck. Oh, and sure, for, like, yeah. Skills as at yeah, bobsledding, yeah. so it becomes like not only not only like <laughs> a church, but also like a training camp. Right. Um, oh, weird. And yeah. an after-school program for kids that want to bobsled. For kids that want to bobsled, which are like all everywhere. of them, every kid. God, so many if kids. If I could get my kids to stop bobsledding, <laughs> I swear they'd be the next Bob Dylan. <laughs> I don't know. Bobsled Dylan. Bobsled Dylan. <laughs> that's, uh, not a, that's not a thing the world needs at all. No, but I'm I'm happy that it came up. Yeah. Honestly, uh, you know we're we're having a lot of fun here today. We're having a lot of fun here today. But the Church of Cool Running sounds like the best it church ever. Really cool. It sounds yeah, really good. It. I'm doing it. Uh, because it, it, it's almost like there's like motivational speaking is a big part of it. Like yeah. it's almost kind of Tony Robbins esque. Oh, it's Tony Robbins esque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also with with egg kissing <laughs> and slip and slides and uh, Winter Olympics pilgrimages. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like what I wanted youth group to be. Yeah. when I was in church and a portrait of John Candy. Oh, absolutely. Every church needs a portrait of John yeah. Candy. And instead, oh, for communion, they eat candy instead of <laughs> doing yes. wafers cause, because of John Candy. Yes. Or wait, is there anything in the movie that they specifically eat? I don't remember that. They have beers. Yeah. They do drink beer. They do have Red Stripe uh, in <laughs> yeah, several scenes. Yeah, they do have Red Stripe. I did notice that. Yep. Um, that was fun. Yeah. Um, we. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, no. I don't think there's, there's not really much food joke. No, going on. No, uh, but I think I think I think we may have just built uh, yeah. a great religion. Yeah, I think so too. I almost want to. I almost want to start, start it. following this religion. Yeah, it's it's better than a lot of the other options out there. Certainly more life affirming. Uh, well, I don't have anything else to add. Do you have anything else no, to add? To no, that one? I think, no, I think that one feels great. Yeah, I think I, I really like all of the elements that we addressed. Yeah. Well, then yeah. in that case. I'd say we did it. Cool. Quick recap of the context we discussed in this episode. We talked about, hey, hey, uh, we talked about race. We did, but that wasn't the first one. No, it sure wasn't. Ha ha. We talked about what this movie would be made like if it was made in 2015. Right. 13, 2013. 2013. Yes. So we discussed what this movie would be like if it were made in 2013. We talked about race in the film. And then uh, we discussed, uh, we founded the Church of Cool Runnings, which may be the greatest, uh, the greatest thing I've done in my life. I mean, <laughs> I think that it's my legacy now. Is You're the church basically of, Joseph Smith. Kind of, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. You know what? And I hope I die the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Me mob. Too, me uh, too. Be- beaten to death by a mob. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would be fitting, I think. You know, honestly, nice if I to had to think of the of a fun way to go, not a fun way to go, but fun a really way. a really memorable way to go. 
being yeah. beaten to death by a by an angry mob for something that you did not not yeah. it can't be random it's like no. they're coming specifically you for crime, you and they're gonna kill even you. if you didn't commit a crime but you just did something He's that they really angry. hated and they just beat you to death <laughs> like obviously it would suck but yeah. it would be a story. But it would be pretty cool. <laughs> be, uh-huh. People would remember that you one. You know what they say, do it for the gram. <laughs> do you it would be the... like putting a little filter on that, <laughs> your bloodied dead body. Like, hey, it's me getting beat up by the mob. Probably going to die. Oh. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> Vine life. Vine life. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Vine. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to include... A little segment that I like to call David's favorite one second of this oh, movie. Oh yeah! Uh, so there's a scene okay. when they're first going. Uh, okay, let me. Um, there, uh, Sanka. Why can't I remember? Yeah, Sanka Coffee has Sanka lot, Coffee. Me, yes, his name is Sanka Coffee. So that's okay. a person in this sure. movie. Sure, sure. He is having a lot of trouble with the cold. He hates it. And he is putting heat packs and heat bags like in his suit, on his head, in his helmet. He's like trying to put them everywhere. He can't get warm enough because he hates the cold. And he has a heat bag. And then the coach like takes it and he's like, give me that. Give me that. He's like, Irv's real mad. He's like, why do you have this? And it's kind of a weird like gag and it's kind of flopping around and being really nasty. And there is someone doing Foley for like the sloshing of the water. And then he throws the bag. Irv throws the bag over his shoulder. And silence in the movie except for the the sound (laughs) of it landing in the background which is not only the most unrealistic foley no one hears that bag land but the most hilarious like cartoon sound it's like the moment in jurassic park when uh when wayne newton slips and it goes what in the rain scene oh like my god i forgot that about sound. that it's like that but for cool runnings it's the best thing and it made <laughs> me laugh so much uh because it's like oh we're getting ready for our first qualifying run this is pretty serious toss <laughs> <laughs> it's like wait where are we what's happening in this movie right now oh. it made me so happy so i just yes. wanted to share that with you no and that you, is fantastic the audience. oh thank you thank you for thank you for sharing i'm actually gonna probably look that up later yeah. because i i do i do appreciate weird <laughs> foley um, well, David, uh, hey. do you have any? Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? I, no, no. I mean, I'm on the hypothetical ass, and you should totally check that out. We did an Olympics theme episode, so if you like, uh, if you like this business, you like talking about the picks, the picks, check that out because we talk oh, a lot about the picks, Olympics. mostly about what would happen if we were in the Olympics. But a couple real Olympians were mentioned, which is honestly surprising to me because yeah emily was paying attention <laughs> i wasn't i mean shit so. we just did a whole podcast about an actual olympics <laughs> team and we didn't and we didn't really name talk a about single one of them and no. we also didn't talk about the real olympics team because that's no. not the team that was in this movie exactly also why was he why was he running to qualify for an event in the winter olympics when there are no running events in the winter olympics christian i ask myself the same question every day yeah every night but I actually do like if anybody out there knows the answer oh, to that question, please let us know. Yeah. Uh, email us at contextualdeviance at gmail dot com, or you can uh, find us on Twitter at textdeviance. 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 <laughs> that's that's probably that's the theme song for your well, Twitter. I'm probably gonna get I'm probably gonna get a copyright hit on that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna get you. Yeah. Activia's gonna get you. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis gonna get you. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
Jamie Lee Curtis, gonna get you. This episode brought to you by Jamie Lee Curtis. She gonna get you. She gonna get you. <laughs> <laughs> what if that was her personal tagline? <laughs> Why we should all have personal taglines. Yeah, I agree. And they should all be she gonna get you. <laughs> <laughs> David Russell Gutchy. She's gonna get you. <laughs> Who, who's she? Jamie Lee Curtis. It's, <laughs> they're all about they're everyone's all about personal Jamie. tagline is like, about Jamie Lee Curtis. At that point, it's more like it's almost like a, a like a cult at that yeah, point. It's uh-huh. everyone's just like she gonna yeah, get you. She gonna get you. And then when she's like, hey, it's me, Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm gonna get you. It's the new amen. <laughs> yeah. She gonna get you. <laughs> thank you, Heavenly Father, for preparing this meal for us. And thank you, Deborah, for slaving in the kitchen for so long. She gonna get you. <laughs> And then everybody at the table echoes, she gonna get you. 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 Oh, thank you, Thomas. She gonna get you. Oh, Christ. I mean, she is. Oh, she gonna get you, though. She gonna. But she gonna. She gonna get you. She gonna. She gonna. So dumb. This is the worst. How does this show end? Uh, it ends. Uh, it ends with. Uh, actually, you have to end it. But um, but before we do that, I I, I uh, want to thank you all again for listening. Uh, my name is Christian Hagen. This is David Gucci. Uh, David, do you have any final thoughts for us? Joe made the sugar cookies. Susan decorated them. She gonna get you. Thank you for listening to Contextual Deviants. If you'd like to reach out to us online, you can find us on Twitter at Contextual Deviants or email us at contextualdeviants at gmail.com. Special thanks to Minneapolis' own The Badman for the use of the song Gun Tonic off of their album Eight Leaves. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I've been your host, Christian Hagen. Have a nice day. Have a nice day!